Hello and welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we are glad that Greater Western Sydney is back and we are very happy to see them back because, you know, let's be honest, no one likes seeing a team outside of Victoria doing well. I know you're a little unhappy, Cruiser, because um, yeah. you've lost a lot of your joke segments. Yeah, uh, all, all my material is gone. You're, you're not actually funny anymore. That's that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> my entire comedy like, career on this show has been on the backs of GWS losing and now I've got nothing. Yeah, when we do our speech, when we obviously win the radio awards, yeah, yeah, um, you're going to be like, well, I'd like to firstly thank GWS. Not, yeah. not like your family, not like the show for, not like Alex for going overseas to let you actually take over the show. It'll be GWS. Yeah, definitely GWS. And we rec- well, we recognise their contribution to yeah. the show and we thank them gratefully for it. But, I mean, we've just about exhausted all the jokes, to be honest. <laughs> So, um, no, good on them. Good win for them yesterday um, against maybe an undermanned Adelaide. But anyways, we are going to move on. Cruiser, what was your highlight for the week? Well, my highlight was uh, one little bold master called Gary Ablett. Uh, what a game to come back to against his old club. He kicked three goals and had 37 touches. Again, it was against Gold Coast, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But... Fantastic game from him. His one of his goals was nominated for goal of the week. Ah, uh, it just capped off a super career for the little master. I, I, it, it's tough because the the team again, Gold Coast is not very good. But if he keeps pulling out performances like that, especially around September, that that'll go be a long way for getting him into a grand final. Yeah, it was a really good game for Gaz, as you said, thirty-seven and three goals, but. I feel like he didn't show up, but I feel like it would have been a little bittersweet for him. He obviously went up yeah. to Gold Coast with the hope of improving his credentials of being one of the best football players of all time by carrying a new franchise to, you know, a, hopefully a final series and maybe down the track a uh, premiership. And he never quite got there. So I feel like, yes, he would have got a lot of, I don't know, it would have been a nice pick-me-up to beat down on them. But on, on the other side, I think it might have been, like yeah. I said, a little bittersweet for him because, um, yeah, Gold Coast just aren't going anywhere at the moment whatsoever. My highlight for the week, well, it was Indigenous round. Um, mm-hmm. We actually failed to say that last week, um, <laughs> just this little-known fact. It's just great watching all the Indigenous players go out and do their stuff. Uh, Shane Edwards won the best on field in uh, the Dreamtime game. Yeah, it was a Shane huge performance. Burgoyne was probably best on field. Um, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide. And uh, a debutant, um, Paul Laherne, Indigenous kid, got 29 disposals on debut. <sighs> That's that's so insane. it's that's so always good. great watching um, all the indigenous players strut their stuff. Um, yeah, they've got a really important part. There, they have a really important place in our game, and you know it's always good to recognise that. Now we're going to move on to the first round cruiser. You've got something for us. Yes, I do. So I'm sure you've all watched it by now, but during the Fremantle game, you, the cameras caught Ross Lyon. Using, uh, I don't know what it was. It, it was he was flossing while coaching. Let's just like leave it there. He was using some flossing apparatus to floss while coaching, and it, it caused a huge debate on Twitter and in the media. Like it was picked up by all the football shows on whether it was disrespectful or not. It, it went way out of proportion. So obviously, we're going to talk about it too. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. So, can I just, can yeah. I just point something out? You just called it flossing apparatus. It's literally just like a little floss thing. Like no, I mean, apparatus it's... makes it seem like it's this big machine. It's gonna do something <laughs> destructive. I thought floss was this like little like string, and, uh, yeah, but, but he the... was not using string, so I don't it was know. like a Y, yeah, a Y sort of thing with the string across it. I've seen them before. Yeah, yeah, for amateurs essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so I've created a list of things Ross Lyon could do while coaching because clearly. His mind's not 100% on the game. Please tell me one of them's coach. Um, <laughs> Act, like, actually coach. Because uh, no, he's no. not doing any of that <laughs> at the moment. Uh, while coaching. So this is all in in fairness to say that he is coaching at the same time. So you have to give that to him at least. When but, we know he's not, but I will allow yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So the first thing would be uh, Ross Lyon could get a Maddie Petting while coaching because you need to look your best to coach your best. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Number two, uh, Ross.
trust line. If he's flossing while coaching, maybe get a dentist to coach the Freo forward line. It couldn't get any worse than it is already. Yeah, that forward line needs some serious teeth about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three, use hush money to stop the media showing the footage of him flossing. <laughs> <laughs> That's always worked well in the past. Yeah, for them. always. Um, number four, while they're at it, maybe stop showing footage of the bounce during the 2010 drawn grand final using hush money as well. Yep. Um, I'm sure that's in his nightmares. Uh, but in fairness, they could create a media deal with the education department and make Ross Lyon the face of teaching kids oral hygiene because yep. um, everyone needs a life after football, especially ones, uh, coaches who can't get, can't get their team to kick over 100 points. Yep. So I feel like I feel like that's the the trajectory for us, Lion. Yeah, you know? not not a not a premiership, just the teaching kids. He doesn't uh, need to be kicking goals with his coaching. He could be no. kicking goals with uh, oral hygiene. Yeah, yep. yeah. Some could say it's an even more noble profession. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they're they're my top five things that Ross Lyon could do while coaching, Chuck. Well, I mean, he could do all of them, but. How about he does something useful for once? <laughs> no, I can't. My favourite thing about it is that he got signed a contract extension. Uh, it, it's and it's so just funny. gone so downhill so quickly. I'm sure All Saints fans out there are absolutely loving it. Oh, man, no. But it, it's like a little sad. I don't know. So I wouldn't know. But it looks a bit sad. He's made two grand finals, lost... Uh, no, three grand finals, uh, lost two, drawn one. Oh, yeah, you got to feel for him. He, I don't think he'll ever win a premiership. I don't think Ross Lyon teams have the capability of winning premierships. But he's still a pretty good coach, and he and and I think uh, Paul Roos gives him credit a lot of credit for the two thousand five premiership at Swans. Yeah. So no, we'll don't, see. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Very good coach, but. Obviously, not a very good flosser. If yeah. he needs if he that needs apparatus, apparatus to help him, obviously. other than yeah. I mean, that's what the real debate should have been about. <laughs> not about should you be flossing during coaching, but how to floss. <laughs> like you said, there is an education benefit to everything. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move along. Um, much has been said about St Kilda's inaccuracy all season. They've just been mocked left, right, and centre. So I'm pretty sure that it's been like the number one thing that they've been working on at training mm-hmm. anyway so I'm going to read you out the teams that they were that they played this year and that they were inaccurate against so they played round two they were inaccurate against North Melbourne they were in round three Adelaide round four Geelong round five was GWS um, so not easy games but then it gets a little easier after that so then there was Hawthorne mm-hmm. Melbourne Frio Collingwood right yep. so that, those were winnable games say you kicked accurately right now St Kilda in the last couple of weeks most people have raved on how much more accurate they've been but to me it's just a wasted opportunity Yep. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So the last two weeks, they've had the two most difficult away journeys in the league. Away to West Coast and away to Richmond at the MCG. <laughs> and you decide that these two weeks are the two weeks that you're going to kick accurately. They actually had the least number of um, scoring shots that they'd have all year in those two games. So it's not like Richmond or West Coast were letting them roll over them. Like St Kilda had been having more shots in the other weeks. But why in these two games you would decide, okay, these are the games we're going to kick accurate, where it doesn't matter anyway, uh, It was baffles it was, yeah. me. So they'd had... It was not great. So they were averaging, I think it was 20 scoring shots a week, mm-hmm. a little over that week. We're kicking like seven goals, 13 a week, <laughs> essentially. In the last two weeks, they kicked 12 goals, five, and 14 goals, four, for Oof. 17 and 18 scoring shots. Lowest of the year, but they're against Richmond and West Coast. It's, it's, it's real unfortunate, and I know the... The Richmond game wasn't great, but the and the but the West Coast game was closer. The scoreline was closer than the game suggest like suggested because they stopped playing. West Coast stopped playing halfway through the last quarter, yeah. so you have to wonder like why they they even they got even less scoring shots. Yeah. In, in essence, but I'm doing a lot of wondering why at the moment, like you said. Yeah. Like why would you be accurate these two weeks? Honestly, mm. you got to. No, but, be accurate yeah. against if they kick that accurately against like in the ten weeks before these weeks, mm-hmm. they might be eight and two. Yeah, they, St Kilda they really be haven't been that miserable. They yeah. just have a bad, a few terrible turnovers due to foot skills. Yeah, and apart from that, they've no. been all right aside from in front of goal. And I know this isn't the most statistical stat we've ever done, 
but I just had to like I love St Kilda at the moment. I just have to say that. They're just they're making my life easy <laughs> as someone that does radio. Anyways, we're going to move along with the normal format. So, Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, that's just my joke. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, what did you have for us, Cruiser? <laughs> Anyways, no. So, Gold Coast played their first home game on the weekend, right? Yep, at Metricon. Yeah. They did a whole grand opening for it. Yeah, so it was round 11 and they had their fan. <laughs> now, they've been complaining a long time about having had a home game till now, right? Yeah. Now, I looked up the definition of complaining, right? It's to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about something, right? <laughs> okay. So that would be like me complaining about not seeing my friends yep. enough, right? But here's here's the problem with their story. There's a slight chink in the armour. You can't complain about not playing at home, and then the first game you play at home, you lose by 85 points. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's just not how... Compl- that's like me complaining about not seeing my friends. However, every time they invite me to catch up, I decide to not go. Or I turn up, but I'm not really there. <laughs> that's probably a more accurate um, representation of it. Like, I mean, Gold Coast, get it together. Yeah. You, you, you honestly expect me to sit here and tolerate you complaining about not having home games and then you throw up that performance? <laughs> That was meant to be a danger game for Geelong. The only thing it was dangerous for was Gold Coast. <laughs> I mean... I... You lose all rights to complain when you put up a performance like that at your home ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you can't do... You just... I know I'm not saying a lot of words at the moment because I'm so angry but then so confused at the same time about Gold Coast Place in the league, and we're going to get to that. We'll get to that later. We will get to that later. Anyways, what have you got for us, Cruiser? So my stat this week is more of a conversation. So I wanted to show, to, like, bring something up with you. Over the last three rounds, yeah, three rounds, uh, there's been a lot of scrutiny looking looking at the scores of the round, um... And there haven't been very good games, according to, like, people and then the media. Um, And when looking at the scores, you can understand why, because from what I can see and what I looked at, the closest game in in round nine was 30, was, like, 40 points. Yeah, 40. The closest game. Yep, the closest game in round nine was 28 points which was St Kilda Collingwood, um, and then went to the Adelaide Western Bulldogs uh, Noah's Ark flood, uh, which, again, irrespective of the margin, was a horrible game to watch anyway. And then in round 10, we had to wait until Hawthorne... No, yes, we had to wait until Hawthorne West Coast for a reasonable game, and even then... It was a fifth. They West Coast West Coast were always going to be ahead. Other than that, there was literally nothing else. And then, which makes turns us to this week, where apart from Hawthorne Port, Hawthorne Port uh, was it Hawthorne Port? Yeah, Hawthorne Port. Uh, every other game was just ridiculous. Uh, Adelaide GWS was a good game. Yeah, yeah and Adelaide GWS. Those were the but two But they, they ran standouts. away with it. Yeah, they ran away with it. And every other game was. Crazy, like it was crazy, like a 30, 30 points Sydney Western Bulldogs, forty nine points uh, Sydney Carlton, uh, forty nine points Western Bulldogs Melbourne, um, yeah three points in Tassie, and then again Gold Coast, West Coast, Gold Coast beating Geelong, West Coast beating St Kilda by. 20, 20... It was 13 points, 30, but 30 it was points, 48 but it was at three-quarter three time, time. Yeah. so the game was over. over. No, it's an interesting point because, yeah. like... So, like extrapolating from that I guess is that the game is not good because just I think it's just based off the schedule maybe or there is such a divide between the top uh, top 10 11 teams and then the rest that when you get three rounds in a row where there are no games where two teams of similar level are playing each other you get you don't get good games basically um, and I wanted to hear your thoughts about that because we heard a few rounds ago that the state of the game was not in play because it was sort of very low scoring. And now they're, they're kicking big scores, like uh, one, two, 
three, four, I think it's four games, four games, a team kicked 100 points or more, plus a 91 for Sydney. Um, but they're just not good games still. So it's not about high scoring. It's interesting, yeah, because I think the th- the main thing they're looking at at the game at the moment is the scoring. Yeah. Um, but you can argue that the higher the scoring, the more differential you'll see between the teams. Yes, you could argue that it might actually be closer because the more open the game is, the more teams that will be able to deal with the pressure. Yeah. Because I think that's the big difference at the moment between there's like a top 11 and then there's a bottom seven. Yeah as such, and the big difference between them is their ability to handle pressure. And what we're seeing in a lot of games this year is it's quite... um, Maybe the first 10 minutes, there's a lot of scoring as the players just get warmed up into the game. And then up until about the fourth quarter, there's little to no scoring as the coaches make their adjustments and essentially, you know, fix all the problems that were had in the first quarter. And you just wait for fatigue, I guess. And then it's for fatigue. um, That where all the scoring is really happening, you just have to look at Richmond for that. I think the game... I've understood in the last couple of weeks why people think the game isn't as good. Um, it's nowhere near as fast as it used to be, and there's a lot of kicking down the line mm-hmm. because it's just, just strategically the best thing to do. Yes, you can be risky with the ball, but you're more likely to no, concede a goal going yeah. the other way. Um, defensive setups are that good these days. Um, so I actually understand... Um, where the league's coming from in mm-hmm. terms of they've gone to outside sources, old players of the game, to look at how the game's being played and see if they can improve it. Um, I'm not sure how much I want the game to be changed, though. Like, if you want to open the game up, then you bring less people. But we've seen what happens with AFLX. Yeah. Um, if you take that too far one way, then it's just not an exciting brand of footy to watch. Maybe 16 people will be the right number. You have six in the midfield, five in the forward, and five in defense. Um, oh yeah, or you take the wings off. You know, it, it's a it's a tough one, I, I guess. I think you just uh, when I looked at it, uh, I think you just have to wait until bigger game, like closer games, like a Melbourne car, like Queen's birthday, which we'll get to for tipping, will be an incredible match. But there was no, there was really no, except for Hawthorne Port, there was no real games where two teams matched up well or there was and then one team drastically underperformed i mean gws adelaide if you gave that game to me average i watched that game yeah. if that was the average game i'd be pretty stoked pretty it was yeah. a really good game to watch i think just what we're finding more in the current state of the afl is teams are pulling away um late late yeah but they're pulling away comfortably mm-hmm. so what was a close game um suddenly becomes 40 uh, 30 40 mm. points and suddenly it doesn't look so close when really it was just as good a game as say a t- two goal margin yeah. was um and you could say that that's like because it's like the middle of the year rather than at the end of the year those games will be close at the start of the year those games yeah. would have been close oh, and another one of the problems is because the bottom seven has dropped off so early yeah. Like it was about by about round seven that I could have told you um, the bottom seven teams. Yeah. Whereas there's going to be 11 teams fighting for those final eight. And it will be interesting come the end of the year because it will be close. So there'll be good games there. Mm-hmm. But yes, you you are right in the fact that the game's maybe not at its peak. But the more I think about it, just sitting here, the more I like the concept of five forwards, five defenders. I haven't got a problem with wings. I don't think the midfield congestion is the problem. Contest. Yeah. I still like the contested nature of the game. Yeah. The big problem for me is teams transitioning from halfback. Um, and if you've got six defenders, it's really easy to defend that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, it also it also takes away that uh, whole doubling up on def- on forwards, you know. Yeah. Um that issue where like someone like a Rance type just comes in and just stops the key forward from uh, getting a genuine one-on-one. In no way though are we doing zones. I refuse to do oh, zones. No, I, that that won't, won't end well. That would all, be a catastrophe for the game. Mm-hmm. No, it's an interesting debate and I think it will be ongoing throughout the year um, and I'm sure the AFL at the end of the year will present to us what they want the game to be like. Um, I just hope what I want the game to be like similar to theirs. But Yes, there have been just a few badly fixtured rounds. We'll see in the next couple of weeks. I know Richmond's got five amazing weeks ahead of them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there'll be at least one good game a week. Week, Now, Chuck. Crazy. Did you watch Dreamtime at the G this week? Yes, I did. Yeah, good. I'm glad. 
Vertigo's strength in that game, like Dermot Brereton's fashion sense, was a bit too much for everyone involved that uh, <laughs> last night, uh, on Saturday night. Yep. Um, however, in saying that, there was a sour note left on the game. Uh, Alex the Fish Rance, which I'm now going to call him from here on out, Alex the Fish Rance, <laughs> took a dive at the end of the third quarter that conjured up dark memories of uh, Fabio Grosso and Lucas Neal in the 2006 World Cup. Do you remember that? No, I don't, actually. So Fabio Grosso dived after he's in the 90th minute, 1-0, and they get... The Australia lose the get get eliminated from the round of round of sixteen. Yeah, round of sixteen. Um, however, in saying that, calling what Rance did uh, just a dive is like calling the American invasion of Iraq a small military mistake, um, or calling the voice better if it was an hour longer. <laughs> yep. Um, this, like uh, fast lever action rifles, has no place in Australia. Rance went so high in the air, DC executives were considering ditching, ditching Henry Cavill as Superman because they would spend less on CGI with Rance as the new Man of Steel. And I'm not even going to mention the fact that they wouldn't have to CGI uh, any facial hair in post-production. Uh, Rance's leg strength... Uh, pushed him that far that it would have been really helpful if, let's say, he needed to get over the Great Wall of China. <laughs> but once again, it has no place in our game. He really needs to sit out for uh, for a week. Um, and if you didn't know, he was fined $1,000. I was really disappointed in that. Anyway, that's almost like the government giving a tax cuts to the bank's bad. Anyway, what, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what else happened this week? All oh, right, Callum Sinclair got done for staging as well. We don't need to talk about that. He goes for he plays for Sydney. <laughs> I'm sensing a little bit of uh, just bias. A just a little, just a little. I, 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 this was the first time I've had an opportunity to take down Richmond, um, and I saw that opening and I took it with both hands, uh, and I'm quite glad I did. Now, in all seriousness. I, I actually can't believe that he didn't get a week for that. It's uh, I understand it's like a bit uh, is is a tough one, but I would have given him a week. Here's my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. In the the rules, I'm pretty sure the rules stipulate that you don't. I don't think you can get a week for staging. Really, uh, even if it's like I'm pr- real bad, like I'm, like a like a, do as, you, uh, as far as my knowledge it? goes, I don't think you can. So I think it was. They were within the rules to mm. give him a fine. However, he deserved a week. Yeah. That's coming from a Richmond fan. He's done it um, a few times now, and it's ridiculous, and we have to get it out of the game. It's something that I like about the game, that we um, don't have as much staging. But it's creep over our lifetimes. It's just creeping slowly more and more into the game. You just have to look at every time someone ducks their head or lifts their shoulder um, yeah. or elbow. Um, to try and draw a free kick that oh, the, wasn't actually it's there. The, it's the like the knock back of the head as well. Is like the the big the big thing that's in you. You see it in a lot of younger players as well. Yeah. Like combined with the lifting of the arms. The lifting of the arms isn't like I'm not a I'm not too bad on that because that's like it's making a it's, free kick out of something that's not a free kick. I don't understand how. But if, if that's start, not really yeah. different. That's no different to no. staging. It's it's a, no because st- staging was something that's like we know that that was for like for we don't want it in our game. Whereas there's like a little bit of a grey area when it comes to the lifting of the arms because it, it's your it's your job as a defender to make sure your tackle uh, yeah as the tackler to make sure that your tackle is below the shoulder. So if you start low and go high, I still think it's a, a high tackle. It, it depends. Like I think the dropping of the knees is the bigger issue. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there is a lot of problems in the game. <laughs> Not even just with the state of the game, just with all those sort of free kicks. But yes, Rance should get a week. Mm-hmm. You've got me there. <laughs> I'm so very surprised about that statement. <laughs> You know, I have to act unbiased so that when there comes a moment that I need to be biased as possible, you believe I'm being unbiased. <laughs> it's all part of my so grand the plan. The long game, the long game. Yep. <laughs> now to your stat. Okay, so, jeez, uh, I'm going to dive into this one. 
Nope. Don't even get any credit from Cruiser for that one. I love that segue. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice it. And then well, after you mentioned... Okay, yeah. Go. Just like the awkward race <laughs> for that one, Cruiser. Um, so Hawthorne played Port Adelaide and you made it out to be like the saviour of the round because it was the, one of the few close games. This was such a hard game to watch. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing and I regret it. Um, aside, aside from the fact that Hawthorne ruined my tipping for the week um, and GWS... Like, this game was not good to watch. This was not a good embodiment of AFL football. And I've got a few... Re- well, I'm just going to say this. Port were woeful and Hawthorne were wasteful. Mm-hmm. So on the day, uh, Hawthorne had 59 inside 50s. Port had 38. Wow, okay. So a lot of the time Hawthorne went inside 50, they had 19 scoring shots in the end. Yep. They were not scoring. Okay. 19 out of 59 mm-hmm. just says that. Um so Port would try and bring it outside of their defensive 50. And the number of turnovers where they just blatantly kicked it straight to a Hawthorne player was ridiculous. It was hard to watch. So Port Adelaide had 75 turnovers for the day compared to Hawthorne's 63. Their back six alone had 20 clangers. And we haven't actually talked about it before, but clangers is just oh, the well, greatest term. We'll get there, we'll get there. We'll for, get there. like, a turnover ever. Um no, so 20 clangers between their back six alone. Mm-hmm. That's just completely unacceptable. And when the game was on the line, Port Adelaide had 13% of the possession in the last 10 minutes. Oh, I, I did watch the last 10 minutes and I did notice that. That, that's, that was, that's a damning statistic, if there, ever, so if there ever was one. This, this game told me a lot about both sides. One, it told me Hawthorne's not a top eight side. Mm-hmm. You simply can't have 59 inside 50s. And they were turning the ball over, not not in their defensive half, in in their forward half. The amount of kicks that um, Port Adelaide just put straight down Hawthorne players' throats out of their defensive 50 was ridiculous. It was unbelievably bad as an AFL side. So Hawthorne, I don't think, are a top eight team, let alone top four or premiership contention that we all had them in a few weeks ago. Yep. You simply can't dominate that much and only win by three. Mm-hmm. And Port Adelaide are not the side I thought they were. They'd had a solid back six all year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the weaknesses of their team going into the year, but they stood up over the first 10 rounds. Yeah. And last week they would, like, they did really well to keep Hawthorne to the low score they did, but it doesn't matter if you're giving them the ball straight back. So I had Hawthorne, I had Port Adelaide finishing second at the end of the year. Yep. That's just not going to happen. No. They'll... They might sneak into the top eight. Um, I reckon them and Adelaide might be fighting for a spot, which would be amazing to watch. Really? So GWS don't make the eight? GWS do make the eight. So who's going to... You're saying that... We'll get to this later where I'll ask you about what you think the top eight's going to be at the end of the year. But I just struggled to watch this game, and we learn a lot about the two teams this week. And... That's kind of cool in itself, the fact that I love these games where you know you're going to learn something, not about just one of the teams, but about both of them. And, I mean, back to the drawing board for both teams. This is one of the few games in the history of the AFL where both teams lost, I think. <laughs> and it wasn't a draw. Damn, that's a good, that's a good headline to go into. <laughs> Anyways, that was my damning condemnation of what happened down in Tasmania on the weekend. Now... Time to get a bit more lighthearted because we've actually been pretty serious this episode for like the <laughs> first time ever. Who thought of it? We'd take ourselves seriously. Anyways, the bye weeks are coming up, which has to be, yep, the worst three weeks of the year. Yeah, um, 100%. Uh, just, it didn't even take that long to clarify it. So essentially the next three rounds we're going to have less games. Just what a terrible idea. Um, and I've come up with the ultimate guide for the do's and don'ts. Of the buy rounds. So, <laughs> do find your friends. <laughs> Don't question why four teams have a buy one week. So, if there's 16 teams, why do four of them have one week? Shouldn't it be five, five, six? Don't say that. Because if five buy teams had a buy in one week, one person would be playing themselves. <laughs> I just had to explain that just in case you couldn't figure it out. But please don't question why only four teams have one in one week. It would drive me crazy. Do take that family holiday you've always wanted to. Yeah. Don't think that getting through these three weeks is going to be easy. This is going to be the toughest three weeks of the year, and we're going to have to grit our way through this. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's tougher than the first three weeks of finals. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, we're going to get through this together, though, okay? Yeah. 
you need to find those footy friends of yours particularly like because mm-hmm. you're going to be needing them in this time. Do find a puzzle to do. <laughs> okay. Because that's one of the best things you can do. Don't think that because we have one game in each primetime sp- slot that it's going to be okay. There's a reason we have two because one of them's normally oh, Sydney Carlton. <laughs> this is why we have two. We have the one terrible game that's probably yep. interstate, so Channel 7 won't show it. Then you have the one solidly okay Melbourne game. <laughs> like, so don't say, oh, yeah, we still got all the time slots covered. No, we don't. We have zero backup, and that means bad. Um, <laughs> How many people watch the game that was on at the same time as Dreamtime? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. Do send your pen pal a letter. <laughs> if you can't What's re- a letter? <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Good point. Um, I can't even remember who my pen pal is, but I'll be doing all the digging I can because that will be a lot better than watching footy in the buy rounds. Uh, don't complain about not getting nine in your tipping. <laughs> Wow. There's only six or seven games each week. If you're complaining about not getting nine, we have some serious issues to talk about. Uh, Do listen to our round eight episode where I clearly come up with a better way of doing the buy rounds. Don't support the split buy rounds. (laughs) That's the end of the guide there. That's everything you need to get through these next three weeks. I understand it's going to be a tough time and I'm going to be here for you all. If you need anything from us at AFL by Dummies, we'll do everything in our power to give it to you because we, more than anyone, understand the cruelty that is this next three weeks. The more you know, that's all I'm picturing. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck's coming out with a book later in the month. (laughs) Yeah. The Survival Guide to the Buy Rounds. Yep. Or it's just called Bye Bye. Also, don't forget, there is is another Buy Round this year at the end in between... Uh, the home and away season and finals, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, so it's only two games are played during that round. Look forward to the How to Survive the Death Round <laughs> <laughs> coming soon to places near you. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to my stat this week. So um, you mentioned clangers before. Now, we didn't plan this at all, but our, my stat is on uh, clangers this week. So I wanted to bring... Bring something to uh, attention. First of all, I want to give the definition of clangers uh, a turnover or silly mistake made by a player. That's what it is. It's not just any turnover, though. It has to be a severe turnover. Oh, okay. I'm, Are you sure? Yeah. I'm pretty confident about that, that it's not just a regular... Turn- like, if you're in a contested situation and you... Like, someone tackles it and drops out of your hands and falls mm. to someone else. I don't think that's considered a clanger. I think the clangers yeah, are just yeah. like the bad kicking mistakes or yeah. handball directly to an opposition who gets so, clear yeah. possession. So it's more on the silly mistake rather than a turnover. I, I'm pretty sure that's where it yeah. um, veers towards. Fun fact, it was made by the creator of Champion Data, the term, a clanger. It's such a great it's term. It's such a good... It, it means nothing, like, without the definition. If you said that to an American, they would have no idea what, what you're talking about. It's but, so funny. But just listen to the word clangor. It's so good. Something so good. bad happened. It's, it's so You funny. can deduce that just from the sound of the word. Yeah, so funny. So I've looked up the top 20 uh, clangor offenders this year. So it's just this year. And I want Chuck... Chuck, I want you to guess Every who's time. In that. Every time we've done a list like this, it ends bad for me. Yeah, but this one... This, you're just... This you're one doing be... everything in your power to mock me, essentially. No, this you one's hard. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. Next week I'm coming in, I'm going to have every set of <laughs> AFL <laughs> data <laughs> memorised. You're like... That. And you're going to be like the top ten for that. I'm going to be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're like the guy who can card count. Exactly. Studying the card. Exactly. Studying the AFL Or stats. I should have someone working for me. Um, yeah, so I've got the earpiece in. Yeah. And he's like, the number one clanger player is, I don't know where I'm going to start with this. Um, I, I gave him one clue off air. Just don't. Th- oh, you're going to bail me out already? No, no. Uh, sell I, me out, sorry. No, I'm just going to say, just don't think about bad players. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's generally the good players that can't kick. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like your Rory Lairds. Rory Laird is on the list at a equal 18th with 42 clangers. I'm going to... Well, the, the most number of clangers is 60. So from 1 to uh, equal 18th is uh, 18. Dusty will be up there. 
Uh, Dusty is not in the top 20. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> um, well, that's good for Richmond's sake. Um, a free kick given away is yes, a clanger. Yes, is considered a clanger. So, like, a lot of, like, your big um, centre-half backs, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Rance. Uh, Rance is not there. There is one Richmond player, um, and he is the biggest player. Oh, well, Nankervis. Nankervis. I was going to guess that regardless of what you said. Yep. Um, yeah, but that's because he's a terrible ruckman. Wow, big calls, big calls. Um, so he's sixth with 49. Um, there is no other Richmond player on that team. Robbie Tarrant? Not there. So is this... Are the sort of players that get in the most clang overs... Just, I'll, I'll give you another clue. If this te- if these 20 players were in a team, it would probably win at every game it played against. Yeah, but is it like a balanced team or is it just no. like 20 midfielders? It's not a balanced team. Um, I can see... One half defender, uh, a second defender, a third defender who's been playing midfield this year, and that's it. And one and one ruckman. The rest are midfielders, uh, midfielders or mid forwards. Uh, Bontempelli not there. I'm he just... hasn't touched the ball. Uh, he hasn't touched the ball for enough times to be uh, considered for a clanger. So think about that. Uh, can we just go with Tom Mitchell there? Yeah, he's on that list, number eleven with forty six. Jack McRae not there. He's he's he he kicks the ball really nicely, clearly, and doesn't give away many free kicks. Um, do you want me to tell you now? Yeah, because I was not prepared for something like this. So the Ooh, number Sicily, uh, surely Sicily has to be there. No, nah, not there. What he, doesn't... he tramps on someone's leg every week? That should be worth like ten clangers. No, nah, he doesn't get. He don't, clearly doesn't get the ball enough. Um, so I'll tell you now. So Patrick Cripps, number one. Oh, 60. Of course. He touches the ball so many times, of course he's going to get clanging. Well, he just gives away a million free kicks yeah. as well. Five next with one less, 59. Then Ben Cunnington from North Melbourne. Yep. Um, then Steel Side Bottom at equal fourth with Elliot Yeo. He's the he's the one def- or two de- one of three defenders. And again, he's not even playing in the defense this year. Um, then Nan Curvis, then Jack Siebel, Dane Zorko, Luke Parker, Seb Ross. That, that's probably the weakest player in that team. Um, ben Jacobs, Tom Mitchell, Coniglia, Joel Selwood, um, which is interesting in itself. Heath Shaw, Jack Stephen, Jeremy Cameron, the only out-and-out forward in that list. Um, Roy Laird, Clayton Oliver, Danger. So most of that team, in fact, I'm pretty sure... The top three possession getters in the season are also in the top 20 clangers. So what you really should have said to me is name the best 20 players in the league. Yeah, basically. And I would have done better. Yeah, you would have done better. Oh, well, that's another uh, cross on the Rossley. can you do the top 10 list. Uh, I'm going to have to be more prepared next time. Mm. <laughs> It's always good to test your knowledge. Just, just making junk study. Well, I mean, I'm so glad we we can give everyone out there the uh, clanger totals. Um, <laughs> I know they need it in their everyday life. No, I'm not going to make fun at your segment. Thanks for putting me on the spot again and uh, making me look like an idiot. Now, Chuck, we're going to have a debate right now, or at least a heated, uh, heated conversation, we'll say. Well, it's interesting because, like, Alex and I are always talked about having a debate, but we actually haven't had one all year. No. So, perfect time to have a debate. And uh, what's our topic, Creaser? Well, it's uh, based off the past couple of days where the AFL has... It's rumoured to think that the AFL is trying to ensure that Tom Lynch is staying at the Gold Coast. Um, it's uh, a big debate on whether the AFL should intervene to get him or... Um, and try and make it as hard as it as it is possible for him not to not to leave, or whether they should just let him do whatever he wants, basically, and not intervene. Um, now, just before we start, we'll say that the way that they're intervening is not by extending Gold Coast salary cap. Um, it's through uh, like sponsorship deals and and AFL ambassadors ambassadors just. Um, and I think it's about a million million dollars. Yeah, to million keep dollars. him there. To kill it, keep him there. 
Yeah, just well, just to fill everyone in, Tom Lynch is the co-captain of Gold Coast yep. Suns. Is their big, powerful forward um, something that every club um, needs? So yep. if you lose something like that, it is valuable um, to the Gold Coast. So, I mean, you don't want to lose a co-captain after you lost uh, Gary Ablett last year, who was yep. your captain. That would be devastating for a club that's been devastatingly bad for so long. Um, so I, I honestly think. Like, it's going to sound bad. And my my view on this is swayed by my fact that, by my opinion, that I just don't think the Gold Coast was a worthy investment. And I, I know the AFL won't, but I would be more than happy for AFL to cut the plug on <laughs> Gold Coast entirely yep. and set up an 18th club in Tasmania. I've made that abundantly mm-hmm. clear. I'll start with why Lynch should be allowed to move firstly before I go on to why Gold Coast shouldn't be a club. Um I mean, the AFL, you can't claim to be pro-player movement um, by, like, they're talking about introducing a mid-season, mid-season draft. draft. Yep. Um, you can't claim to be pro-player movement and then stop a really good player from moving just because his c- club is terrible. That's not his fault. Tom Lynch has been a very good player for this club for a very long time. It is not his fault that he should be stuck there with that team. Um, he obviously doesn't want to be there. In 2016, he kicked a goal every game, at least one, and I think he kicked just about 60 on the season, um, which was a really good season for a club that was going not so great. Um, so that was back in the time where he was obviously motivated. These days, you can tell there is not the same will to move around for the betterment of his team, and he's the captain. Um, I think it would be ludicrous to tell him he has to stay there. You know what he's seen over the last couple of years? He's seen Prestia leave and Caddy leave. And where are Prestia and Caddy now? They're at Richmond mm-hmm. and they have a premiership. Yeah, Richmond is one of the few clubs, it's basically in between Richmond, Collingwood and Hawthorne at the moment, between the clubs that are going for Tom Lynch. And like, I don't know about you, but if I was Tom Lynch, like I'm starting to enter my 27s, 28s. I want to get in a good team quickly so that I can get a premiership because I'm a good enough player to win a premiership one day. And if you're going to tell him to stay in Gold Coast, that's unfair on him. It's not his fault. He's a good player. That's a good, good argument, I would say. There are some like issues with it. One, that the fact that Gold Coast shouldn't exist, that's a completely separate debate. Um, I did prepare for that, though. Yeah. I, and I would love to uh, ramble about it. <laughs> I, did, I did assume that we would have Gold Coast in the near future when I prepared this, so I'm a little caught off guard. But I'll make it up when you present your arguments later. Um, the question is... It, it's tough because the only thing they can do is give him extra money, right? I don't see anything else that they can do is give him extra money for him to stay. Um, is there I, is there I, anything else you would think? Well, I think what what they were proposing was putting extra money on top of his contract from the AFL. Yeah. So the AFL was going to subsidise his contract. Yep. That, that's so. the only thing that they can do. They can't give gold. They can't give him anything. I mean, um, they could not make Gold Coast a nice place to live. Maybe. Yeah. But put a couple of trillion dollars into the economy there and see if it does something apart from generate more alcohol. <laughs> um, but. Um, in saying that, uh, it, I don't think money's the option. That's the only problem. Um, I think there is a huge problem in Gold Coast if he leaves. Nobody's denying that. If he leaves Gold Coast, he puts Gold Coast back years in terms of trying to develop them, especially in the the like death death zone of sporting teams that is Gold Coast. Um, so they are. Uh, if they want Gold Coast to survive, which I think they do, it's an AFL, it's an AFL created club. They have to try hard to get Tom Lynch. And I was looking at last night, and there was some precedent for doing this. Now the AFL paid Israel Folau to go to the Gold Coast. Yeah, it was uh, no GWS, and some that was that was probably a failure in like hindsight. It it pushed him back a couple years in his. Actual like career, like actual sporting career of rugby, and he was he. It's not the fact that like they they're stopping him from doing anything. It's giving them an offer that is like too hard to refuse. I think that's when it becomes uh, an issue. But in saying that, Gold Coast, there's no club without Tom Lynch. Like I'm, I'm here to say it right now. It's real tough. I don't know. Well, what do you think? 
They have enough building bro- blocks. I mean, Brisbane is in a worse position or has really? been. Well, I argue they've been. I mean, Brisbane has been consistently worse than Gold Coast for a long time. Oh no, but um, that's uh, and Brisbane are maybe to... pulling through. Yeah, but, I mean. I think Gold Coast. I think one of the problems with Gold Coast actually is they've actually they've been in like the uh, twelve to fifteen sort of range on the ladder. Um, last yeah. year they finished well, there bottom. Well, there were like different three. circumstances for that. There was the Essendon drug drug saga, which ensured that they wouldn't come last. Um, and then there was Carl. And then there's just been Carlton um, as a club, which just have been real, real horrible. And Brisbane, but I think Brisbane this year have overtaken them. Fair enough. I've seen glimpses from the Gold Coast that they can play better footy than Brisbane. That's just my opinion, mm-hmm. at least. Our Gold Coast obviously beat Brisbane a few yep. weeks ago in a close game. I don't think Gold Coast have done themselves any favours by finishing so high on the ladder. They need to they need to rebuild if they're going to become a club. But but, but you can't rebuild without like some star players, you know? Like uh, even for, even for Frio's case, like you 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 still need a like Nat Fife, Lucky Neal type, and you still need a huge for like a big big key forward to build any forward line. Um, even Richmond have Jack Rewald, um, and it's it's just can't see a future. Okay, here's my like I'm gonna lead this into why mm-hmm. I think Gold Coast shouldn't be a club. Don't worry, it's yeah. not too dramatic. I just think it's just about impossible to keep. Uh, how many people are on a list? 40. Yep. It's Im- I think it's impossible or just about impossible to keep 80 players on in Queensland. Yeah. That's, 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 that's where the problem is stemming yeah. from. Yes, the clubs aren't playing very well, but, I mean, you look at, like, Mark Murphy has hung around Carlton for a long mm-hmm. time. Yes, because he loves the club, but, A, because he wants to grow with them. And any player would love for the first club they're drafted to to do really well and grow with the players that they start off with, the first footy friends you make, essentially. Um, But the problem is not enough people want to stay on the Gold Coast or in Brisbane. And I think this is where the problem stems from. You look at all the players that have left those two clubs over the last couple of years. Uh, Brisbane was a... It wasn't. It wasn't even people were leaving. It was that they they had like a economic model that was unsustainable. Well, I mean, Yo and Doherty left Brisbane. Yeah, that's oh, that's, that, that's, that's two of the best defenders. Yeah, halfback flankers in the league, if not the two best. Mm-hmm. Um, Rory Leds maybe up there, and then it's those three essentially. It's just very. You can't tell me that you can put two clubs there if you can't even keep eighty people there. That yeah. is the main problem for me. It doesn't matter if you give them a little bit more money. Um, if you can't keep them there because they don't want to be there because most AFL players come out of Victoria, then it's going to be impossible. Yeah. It's going to be impossible to make a club. And, I mean, it's, it gets... Uh, yeah, but, but, but we'll be like... But, but I thought... Okay, let's say assume... Let's then, then assume that Gold Coast is sticking around and quick football in Queensland is sticking around... With that in mind, do does the AFL then? Why wouldn't the AFL then intervene? <laughs> That's a fair point. Like, I, yeah. I can't really argue that from the perspective of because I don't. There's think only, there there's only be a one argument, and it's the priority pick. It's, yeah, no, it's like the tough. It's the the thing of pushing someone to do something they don't want to do, but then then you're then you don't believe in like free will or whatever, and. Ir- like irrespective of what they do, Tom Lynch can still say no, right? It's whether you believe that they have the right to push him into a corner, um, even though he can get out of that corner, That's that becomes the issue, like the Israel Folau case. Yeah. Look, it's an interesting debate. Um, I'm not sure where I am on it just because I'm so swayed that mm-hmm. Gold Coast shouldn't be a club. Anyways, we are going to move it along. Um, we're just going to go straight into our tips for the week. Um, interesting debate there. I'm not sure where I came to in the end. I think I was more swayed to keep him there than I was beforehand. But, I mean, let us know what you guys think. Um, if you think he should stay or if he should go. If you think that Gold Coast shouldn't be a club, then you are my favourite. Anyways, <laughs> round 12, there is only seven games this week, so we should fly through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about two... There's three good games this week and then the other four are absolute... What's the word for a bad game? They're bad games. They're anyway, bad. Friday night, Port Adelaide, Richmond. 
What a good game this should be. It's in Adelaide, Richmond. Uh, haven't proved themselves to be away teams, uh, away specialists, um, I would say. So I'm not too sure. I'm going to tip Port for this one. Because you know I'm tipping tip. Yeah, so I'll tip the upset. Fair enough. And then another good game on Saturday is Geelong North Melbourne. Oh, fifth or sixth. Uh, it's at GMHB8. That's yep. the biggest thing for me. But... North have been putting in really consistent efforts all year. You can't argue uh, what they're doing at the moment, but you can argue if it's good enough versus a team such as Geelong at GMHBA. So I'm going to go with North Melbourne. Okay. I'll tip Geelong <laughs> this week. I think they're too too good at GMHBA. Yeah. Unless they're playing against Sydney. Um, next is Giant Suns. Who would have thought that it's... When I say Giant Suns, it's 11th, 1st, 15th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's at spotless. Yeah, 50 points halfway through the second quarter. It's yeah, GWS huge. are going to win this comfortably. Yeah. St Kilda, Sydney. Eddie Oh, no. 50-point margin right here. Wow, you're calling it? Sydney haven't won anything bigger than, like, the 30 points or Yeah, but this is a way against St Kilda. Yeah. This is it right here. Okay. Um, at halftime, they'll be up by 50. Yeah, Sydney to win comfortably. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess you say the same thing. Yep. Brisbane, Essendon. Whoa, Ooh. this could be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, I'm tipping Brisbane for this one. No, don't take that away from me. I uh. wanted to go for Brisbane. That would have <laughs> been a great feel-good story. Um, well... We'll both go for Brisbane. Yep. That's a, that, that, I think that'll be a better game than people think about, or a closer game. We'll leave it at that. Um, and then lastly, we've got Frio Adelaide at Optus. If Adelaide lose this, they're in some serious trouble. I think they are going to lose this. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tip Adelaide for this one then. Frio by 33. And then Ooh. the best game of the round, Melbourne Collingwood. Or the, Queen's first Queen's da- the first Queen's birthday match that has ever I mattered. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I've never. I believe felt this like... clash started in two thousand and seven. Is yeah. when they started, and Melbourne's been terrible for eleven years. We all know that. Um, and Collingwood's been pretty good for the most part of it. Third v seventh, Melbourne Collingwood. Ooh. MCG. Melbourne comes out with the win for me. Yeah, I'm going to tip Melbourne too. I can't. I don't. I don't think I can tip against them. Awesome. Well, that was another episode of AFL by Dummies. A bit more serious this week. Uh, obviously, not as many jokes lying around for us, unfortunately. Um, please do take our uh, guide to the um, buy-arounds, though. That is, if there's one thing you can take from our episode, that is that. Um, thanks for another awesome week, Creaser. Um, no you can catch us on Facebook and iTunes. We post on Wednesday um, the episodes if you can't listen to us live on the podcast app. Um and I post on Facebook when they come out. So like us there. From myself, Chuck and Kreezer, have a nice afternoon, everybody. Bye.